Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Yeah. No I tang wanna yarona. I wrote this song and it just for you. No I get a yarona. I wrote this song and it just for you. No, no I mama yarona do. Yeah, I wrote this song and it just for you. No no more to get to my sodo. No no more to get to my no no more to get to my baby. I want to Hello, what's up, you guys? Welcome back to the 15th episode of the Believe in K-Pop podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network. I'm Emily Heidel, and we're back for a 15th episode. Very excited about it because I um, want to touch on a few things that's happened with me, as I usually do, um, K-Pop-related things. One thing that happened last week, BTS's Suga, a.k.a. Yoongi, Min Yoongi, came to a Dodger game last week. Um, I did glance and see him but I did not stick around a lot of people were like oh my god like the moment they put it out on social media like I knew a couple of hours before that he was coming but the moment they put it out on social media um a lot of people from like all like different parts of like k-pop stuff or that I've been involved in and just different friends in general were like oh my god were you there were you there were there, were there. Dodger fans were like oh my god she was there and I was like mm. It wasn't my time yet, y'all. Like, I was there. Yeah, I saw him, but I was not trying to be, like, a fangirl. And, uh, yeah, so it was cool. Um, I'm really happy that the Dodgers, uh, our social media manager, Sujo, posted on her social media. She crossed something off her bucket list, which was, I think, with him coming, uh, she got over 14 million engagements on social media. Um, and that's no surprise, uh, obviously, because ARMY and, you know, K-pop fans will do that for you. But um, I'm just glad now that everyone's kind of starting to realize that, yo, like, let's get serious about this K-pop thing, guys. Like, let's bring it into sports. Let's bring it into baseball. Um, it makes the most sense there. Um, and, you know, MLB is trying really hard. The MLB is trying really hard to uh, get young people interested in the sport again. So it may not be the most mainstream way of going about it, you know, getting, you know, fans of Drake or whatever, or shortening the game even. But this is a way to get passionate people um, to be, you know, interested in your sport again. I have a couple of ideas of my own on how to do that, but uh, that'll eventually come out. Anyway, um, also, I'm very, 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 very excited also today because I get to interview NCT 127 at the Dodger game um, tonight. And your girl is like really excited um, because I feel like I've been kind of working towards this for a while. I interviewed Sick K and I've covered, covered a couple of uh, K-pop concerts, but specifically having uh, you know, a group come to Dodger Stadium and I you know, was able to help out and get that to happen. I'm so excited. I am really excited um, and I, I hope it goes well. Um, you know, you guys can obviously follow it if you, you know, this will come, be coming out in the next two hours. Um, you guys can follow the stream because we always stream our pregames um, live on Facebook. So you can go to Dodgers, uh, uh, Dodgers Facebook or I think, I don't know if it's on YouTube, but you can definitely go to Dodgers Facebook and around six, I think, is when we start to stream the pregame. So you guys can catch the interview live if you would like. Um, obviously, I'm sure they'll be posting it later on on social media. I will definitely be pulling that stuff off the little like uh, drive that we have and putting it on my social media because I'm so excited. I'm super excited. I can't get over it. Um, another quick thing, um, if you guys want, um, I'm also helping out to host and throw this event called BTS ArmyCon. 
part of BTS Galaxy. Um, it's happening on June 23rd. It's a Sunday from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. We have a lot of cool guests. We have a lot of cool vendors like Kogi, the food truck. We have uh, VT uh, Cosmetics Pink Place. Uh, they are coming as well. We also have uh, Celeste, X Celeste. She's a K-pop, or not K-pop, I should say, ARMY theorist and YouTuber. She's going to be making a little sort of appearance through a video. Um, and then we have a lot of fan artists that we have yet to announce. Um, and we have a lot of, uh, we also have BTS ARMY careers. They're coming to um I guess, facilitate some career uh, sessions one-on-one with ARMY if you need some help, whether it's through college stuff or, like, your career. You can come, and they'll be doing one-on-one stuff. There's a lot of people we have yet to announce, so I'm excited to be able to announce them soon, but you can go to btsgalaxy.com, and you can purchase your tickets there. So uh, a lot of fun things are happening. A lot of cool things are happening that I'm very excited about. I said, like, the same thing twice, but that's okay because I'm very excited about it for the 17th time. So um, this episode, though, I was lucky enough to have another Reddit user that I came across. She wrote her dissertation about K-pop and the social media aspect of it and how it's driving globalization. Um, She just finished up her dissertation for it. It's for her minor. She is from Ireland, um, and I was so happy to get on the, the phone with her. She was so gracious and uh, rescheduling like 50 times. Um, She's so sweet. Her name's Atlanta. Um, So I hope you guys enjoy this. Let me know if you have any suggestions on future episodes. You can obviously DM me at E-M-I-H-A-Y-D-E-L on Twitter or Instagram. And obviously you can also leave a review on the iTunes um, or the different platforms that we use um, in the comment section. So thank you guys again for listening. Um, I can't wait for more things to happen and enjoy the episode. So we have another guest through Reddit. Her name is Atlanta, um, which is really cool, uh, obviously because I'm from Atlanta. But the way I found her, or you, I guess, third person and speaking directly to you, um, was through Reddit. You posted something in the K-pop subreddit um, as you were looking for um, people to fill out, like, sort of, I guess, a Google form because um, you were writing a dissertation on the globalization of K-pop um, or social media, I guess, um, as the main driver for the globalization of K-pop. And you recently finished your dissertation um, and it's titled K-pop is social media, the main driver for its globalization. Yeah, I read in your dissertation that uh, there are very few dissertations on K-pop, if I'm correct, right? Yes, there's very limited academic papers, mm. only okay. two or three, and they date to like 2012 and so much has happened since 2012, especially in the K-pop industry. I cannot imagine, <laughs> like, <laughs> wow, like, astronomically different between now and 2012. Um, so, so have you presented it yet? Or, like, I guess, pre- what do they call it when you present your case? Or are you... So, for that, we don't really do that here. So, mine's a minor dissertation. I believe you do that with your master's. But for us, it's simply submitting the report. So, I don't have to present it in front of anyone. Oh, nice. You're at the Waterford Institute of Technology in their School of Business, correct? Yes, correct. Okay, so... Why, and you know, in your minor, why was it necessary for you to write, or why did you feel like you needed to write about K-pop in the business sense of things with social media? I mean, I've been a fan of K-pop since 2012, and I've seen social media take off and also K-pop influence these social platforms. Mm-hmm. And as I'm a business student, I'm studying marketing and Chinese, and okay. so with my marketing, I kind of put in my hobby of K-pop into marketing and 
I just, I didn't feel it was necessary to write about it. It was just something that I felt people were missing out on, you know, as my love for K-pop. And I felt like it was a very interesting topic, especially in the last two years, social media has evolved so many ways. And I've just seen K-pop everywhere as before, as I said, I've been a fan since 2012. You know, it was very rare to see K-pop or people talk about it outside of the K-pop community. Now you have people coming up to you and going, oh, I saw this group Blackpink or I saw BTS. Just now it's now almost a common conversation, even though you may not be a big fan of K-pop, but you are aware of the term now. So that's why I wanted to introduce that to people around me. So who was your, like, what got you into K-pop in 2012? Like, who has been your, like, group or groups that you stand? So for me, I have, like, two ultimate bias groups. So I have Super Junior Mm. and I have Miss A. So at the time in 2012, they both had comebacks at the same time. So that's how I got into them. And then immediately I just connected with them I felt like k-pop was so different to any other music genre and I loved seeing like all the costumes all the songs the production it was just a whole other level of music that I'd never seen before especially coming from Ireland which is very small there's only about five million of us compared to Korea which is many millions so that's what hooked me onto it and ever since then I've just watched it evolve into something so much bigger than a genre of music it's a culture especially online now there's a huge online presence mm-hmm. which is great to see did you get any not backlash but more so like hmm, like why are you writing yeah. this uh <laughs> within your your minor or even your like class cohort or your professors well it was actually it's quite funny you should say that because when i submitted my dissertation in i had to get it printed and everything so there's people printing off your dissertation for you and they were kind of smirking at me going, K-pop, mm, that's... Really? I And I was like, that's kind of rude to say that. But in terms of when I was writing my dissertation, my, my supervisor was so open to the idea. She'd never heard of K-pop, but she really liked the idea of it. I told some of my classmates and for my friends who know me, they know I'm obsessed with K-pop. So they were like, of course, she's going to write about K-pop. Right. But I had other people who were kind of like, can you write about that? Like, what? what's so interesting about that? But that almost motivated me to write more about it. It's like, you'll see K-pop everywhere. Like, even in these last few months, there's Blackpink Coachella, BTS selling out tours, you see it online. And I'm just like, see, I told you so. So through your dissertation, you know, you asked, is social media the main driver for its globalization? You came to that conclusion that that's definitely an affirmative, right? Yes, just personally, through my primary and secondary research, it's evident that it is one, if not the main driver of K-pop's globalization. Even if you look at myself, I encountered K-pop through YouTube, which is social media. With my online questionnaire, they all, the majority of of participants stated that, you know, it was social media because we're all from countries all around the world. There's not many of us who are actually Korean and we're in Korea. So it's just, it shows that social media is really evolving as well as K-pop. Because prior to social media, you know, K-pop was kind of limited to analog TV and, you know, Korean dramas. And then slowly it was getting into YouTube where K-pop companies would produce, you know, their music videos on there. And now it's just evolving that 
social media platforms are now even looking at K-pop and going, okay, like we're starting to see something here. You see Twitter creating like mm-hmm. specific emojis for like BTS on SNL. And it's like, now they're taking, like they're looking at it and going, okay, there's something big here. So speaking of other companies being like, okay, there's something big here because everyone's kind of taking note of K-pop now. Um, sometimes in a negative way, I feel like from, not a negative way, but um, they're capitalizing and taking advantage of it in a way that's like, they're not being genuine, um, which is like through the Western media outlets. Um, how do you feel about, you know, Western media using K-pop now for clicks, which is like, it's completely evident in my opinion right now. It definitely is evident. You see, such as the Grammys taking notice, or you see, you know, that company Mabel, who are now making BTS dolls, who never had interaction with K-pop before. It's good and it's bad. I mean, it's good that, you know, K-pop is gaining exposure and, you know, that's really good. Obviously, you don't want K-pop to be taken advantage of. And there's some Western media who just see, you know, a hashtag and they'll use it and they haven't done the proper research. There is good and bad to it. As I said, you will gain the exposure of it, but you just don't want it to be taken advantage of. I feel... Mm -hmm. It's kind of, it's a hit and miss. Some I do feel in the last few months, I have seen Western media really take on K-pop, you know, seriously, which is good. That's what you yeah. want to see. They're taking it more seriously. They're asking, you know, more appropriate questions if, you know, we see a K-pop idol on the red carpet because they used to be so generic and now they're more specific, which is good to see. So I think, as I said, social media is evolving. So the Western media has to evolve to such this big, huge phenomenon. So I think over time, it'll hopefully get a little bit better. But as I said, it's all exposure at the end of the day. And these K-pop idols probably never thought that they'd be able to connect with fans all over the world like this. Right, right. One of the things, um, I know I didn't send this to you, but I was just thinking about it. As you said, your one of your ultimate groups was Super Junior. And so through SM, um, I feel like SM is probably the company that interacts, the, like allows their idols to interact the least with their fans. Um, they're very, it seems like they're very adamant about keeping the idol, like, persona there yes. and, like, the fan persona, like, it's completely separate, which is interesting because now that NCT came over the U.S., you know, it seems like they're doing a lot of, like, fan interaction things, but, yeah. um, and, but I wonder, you know, and, and in your dissertation, you mentioned how, like, fans wanted to see the more true selves of, of idols, um, yes. And that's happened, like, you know, there's, you know, everyone's, like, kind of, you know, you respond back and forth, but there's still a level of, like, there's still a level of, like, you know, before they post this on Instagram, I'm sure they go through at least a team of people to let them know that they're about to post whatever on Instagram or Twitter, and then they can post it, which makes sense. Um, yes. Do you think there's ever going to be a point where, where the idol is completely autonomous in how they're controlling and how they're speaking and when they're allowed to go on Live and all that good stuff? I personally can't see it anytime soon. I mm-hmm. always think it's a possibility. You have people like Hyuna and Edon who are breaking mm-hmm. the stereotypes that they're posting what they want. Now, although they are, you know, they're out of Cube Entertainment and they're in P Nation. And P Nation's actually a really good example of, you know, going against the typical, like, we'll do what we want. We'll make the sound that we want. So mm-hmm. there is companies heading in that direction. I... With K-pop idols, I just don't know if they'll ever be able to fully and freely express themselves the way they want. I feel people, even nowadays between Western and, you know, in the Asian community, it's, 
you know, everyone's very sensitive to what yeah. is Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. Things are always taken out of context. So even if, you know, a Super Junior member were to post and it meant no harm, it could be taken out of context. So I feel like there's always going to be someone maybe overlooking you know what they're about to post and just double checking now as I said there's people like Hyona who are slowly but surely making a difference in that so hopefully we get to see more free of expression but I personally can't see it anytime soon I see and I feel like also the the cultural differences make a big deal and I I just I wonder if I'm not I'm not asking any of them to be I don't expect any of them to be like this but I feel like the reason why people love Cardi B is because she's just so raw with everybody. Yeah. And yeah, and it's like an endearing thing. Sometimes you're like, whoa, but like sometimes you're just like, you're so cute. You're just like, you're being authentically yourself, which, and sometimes even like people like Kim Kardashian, who is viewed as like fake, but she's so yeah. authentically fake, if that makes sense, that like people like it. Um, and she doesn't hide the fact that she's, you know, this brand that's, you know, whatever. So I, I just wonder if one day they'll, you know, if the Western forces will force themselves upon, you know, the Korean music industry and be like, okay, like, you know, in order for you guys to really be accepted here, we want to see who you really are. We want to see like your natural selves rather than your like product that you're putting out, I guess. Yeah, I think that there's differences with, you know, in America and and Korea. With yeah. Korea, the K-pop idols, they're trained so young to be yeah. like, this, to be molded into this almost brand themselves and they have to look like this talk like this say like this you know and then you have the american market which is nearly like freelance you can do whatever you want and then there's mm. implications for that as well so i think it's hard when k-pop idols want to fully express themselves because they've been molded from a very young age to say this to do that and it's almost like a rebellious thing to just fully express who you are it is and i wonder you know with you studying abroad um, in China for a little yeah. bit, um, or I guess, yeah, with you studying abroad in China for a little bit, um, did you see a lot of, because I know that C-pop or Mando pop exists there. Um, yes. Did you see any differences on how, like, the idols there were marketed? Because I know Wavy's over there now, um, yeah. and they were obviously originally with SM, but it's a weird, I don't even know how to describe what they're doing, but, like, um, did you see any differences on how they're marketed and you know even how i know k-pop isn't well you were were you, you were in hong kong right no i was in shanghai shanghai okay so you were in actual you were in china china okay so yeah. did you see any marketing of k-pop at all while there or i didn't see anything k-pop related while i was in shanghai because i know there is a bit of a there was a ban on k-pop for quite some yeah. time in china yeah. i didn't see even like as you said, like M-pop or C-pop as it's called. The only reason I kind of know about it is because through Miss A, one of the members, her name's Gia, she is Chinese. And so now she's doing uh, Chinese music. That's the only reason I know about it. But I didn't see it marketed anywhere or anything like that. So I can't say if there's any differences. But I did go to South Korea actually after for mm -hmm. a mini holiday. And then it was just like, full I got to experience what it's like being in Korea and seeing k-pop in person and it's it's incredible out there it is it is did you see anything like promoting Lay or, or uh, Jackson Wang or anyone like that I did see 
Jackson. So there was a show, I, I don't know the name of it, it was all in Chinese, but I did see his face everywhere and he was promoting, I believe, a dance show with Luhan. So I did oh, see okay. that everywhere, but that's that's about it for, you know, marketing of K-pop and C-pop for me. So did you, what was your, I'm sorry, now I'm just out of curiosity, what was your experience like living in, in China um, and seeing you know, experiencing their entertainment, I should say, um, that was there. And what was it more traditional Chinese entertainment? It's well, with Shanghai, there's a lot of, like, international influences there. But for me, living abroad, like, where I live is very small. It's very quiet. So to go into such a big city like that was quite the cultural shock. It was incredible out there. They're just on a whole other level in terms of their technology and how they market things. But as I said, I actually didn't see a lot of like music like yeah like that way. But I did. There was definitely a more I would say traditional side of things. Except like if you went out at night, you would hear you know maybe more international music than I would say like M pop per se. But it was definitely more traditional. Like if you're in taxis, if you're in restaurants, you definitely hear that more. What what's the uh, K-pop scene like in in Dublin? I'm sorry, uh, or I guess in Waterford. It's it's not too big, but there is definitely a community here because, do you know when BTS had their documentary out and they were showing it in a few cinemas? Yes. So we were very fortunate enough that our cinema allowed us to show it. And I was quite surprised. I was like, is there going to be a demand here? I don't know. And all the BTS uh, screenings sold out very fast. There was so many people there in their BTS merchandise and it was wow. so incredible to see people, you know, who also have the same interests as me. As far as Dublin, I can't say because I don't live in Dublin, but I do yeah. know there is a bigger community because I, a few years ago, went up there for a dance workshop and mm -hmm. there was so many people there just part of the K-pop community. We're all dancing. It was incredible, but that's as far as I know about the physical i'd say community but there's definitely huge online engagement okay that's good to know that's interesting also in like what like a smaller town like waterford there were like fans like ready to go and like sold it out yeah there were so many like i was surprised myself because i don't really meet a lot of people face to face here that you know are into k-pop so when i went to my local cinema and saw all these people of all different like age ranges I was like this is incredible like this is insane I never thought that my own cinema would show something k-pop because wow. a few years ago I was like the only one I felt like I was the only one who knew k-pop no one else knew it around me and now you have people selling out screenings of a BTS documentary in a local cinema it's just incredible I will say I, I one thing I wish with you know and I love obviously like you're saying like just everything selling out i hope that people don't like stop at bts i feel like there's i mean obviously there were people that came before bts that made them what they are came before blackpink that made them what they are um yes. and i feel like and, and you know obviously there are other groups that exist at the moment that you know should have a spotlight as well i, I understand bts has like its own platform i'm also definitely army i'm not even like gonna deny it but like um i feel like i i feel like too often army kind of stop at bts and like i guess damn the rest of the k-pop community and it's like but they came from it so like how about we just give the others a chance i don't know i guess it's everyone's opinion but or, uh, no, not, i agree though as i said like i'm a multi-fandom mm -hmm. i'm of anyone so 
that's why I want to support BTS as much as I can, especially if they're making an impact on my country. I want to show that support so that other right. groups, like such as even Super Junior came to right. London. I traveled all the way to London to see them. <laughs> I want to show that there's a community, even if it's not in Ireland, it's in Europe and it's growing. And I'd love for more groups. There was actually 80s did come to yeah. Recently, and I couldn't go, unfortunately, but I really wanted to support them. But like the online K-pop Irish community was having the time of their lives. Support. Oh, yeah, I, you know it's interesting. I remember. I'm sure you've seen the meme, but there was a meme uh, or like a video meme, I guess, GIF of like um, it was like K-pop companies choosing or labels choosing where to tour internationally, and like <laughs> Europe is like in the middle of this floor and this like big like mascot looking thing is like holding a bat and like I guess it's like you know how when you like I guess the bat like if like it's like whack-a-mole when you hit something it like goes down and you choose it this thing is like looking everywhere but at the ground where Europe is like on the ground yeah we're like we're over here like pick us please yes (laughs) it's so funny to like Blackpink exactly wait sorry I'm gonna see uh Blackpink next week but I have to travel like pick Ireland please like you know they're not they're only noticing some particular countries in Europe and it's always the same ones and it's like you should go around like how 80s is doing it they're kind of going into like smaller countries but they're getting a huge following because of it oh yeah 80s is 80s I don't I don't their music is great but what they're doing is like pretty genius what they're yeah. doing. They went over there like that. I feel like TXT is probably going to try to do the same thing. But um, I think I guess one of my questions, I also, I'm like realizing I, a lot of these questions I didn't put in there, but now that, you know, <laughs> you're done with your dissertation, um, how, w- looking back on it, what was the hardest part about doing? Because I was looking through it and like a lot of the times you have to kind of like reiterate yourself. Um, and, you know, this is what I was yeah. going for. This is how I did it. And then the end is where you kind of give your opinion on what you obviously you, you found. So what was yeah. the hardest part um, is specifically compared to other dissertations, your hardest, the hardest part about doing this one with a K-pop focus. I mean, with the K-pop focus, there's so many limited academic studies. So it's so hard when you're writing your literature review and you have to compare it to past academic studies and there isn't any, or there's very limited ones. So when it came to undertaking the primary research, you know, I felt that there was a lot of pressure that I had to get it right and that, you know, I had to be an example. If another person were to do K-pop, you know, they could compare it to mine and get, you know, a lot of information on that. So that's why I chose, like, a mixed method. So I wanted to talk to, like, an online K-pop community and I wanted to talk to an industry expert. And that allowed me to gain a lot of information. So it was difficult at first, at the beginning, to try and see how I was going to, you know, not only find answers and set objectives but like to compare academic literature review to it so the other the academic literature that you've seen on it is it is it with a social media focus or is it like what's the folk what's like the primary focuses you've seen so one of them you know was talking about how at the time you know youtube was one of the only social medias that was kind of growing and they were briefly mentioning you know twitter and facebook and that was it there was no i haven't seen an academic paper with instagram and instagram has taken so much so there was so many there's even like reddish there's tumblr there's all these online communities that are like subcultures in their own with k-pop and they haven't been explored and i just felt like 
as someone who's also in this K-pop community, you know, if you want to get these answers, you need to ask them. So that's why I really, with this dissertation, wanted to include the K-pop community and I wanted to be like a voice for them. Obviously, I can't write every single finding that I have because there's a word count, but I yeah. want to include the main findings. Like there's, for example, one of my objectives was to see the preferred social platform mm-hmm. and there different platforms meant different things like for twitter that was a huge thing for international fans to communicate with one another and then you have youtube where you're you know some communities get together and they try and break records in 24 hours and there's just a huge you know subculture there that people are missing people said that stan culture on twitter like revitalized twitter because i feel like i guess people say that twitter was on the downfall and then k-pop happened kind of sort of and then it came back around Exactly. That's like that. One of my main aims of this dissertation was to show the influence K-pop has had on social media and right. vice versa. And they've right. both helped each other grow in ways that they probably never could have imagined. Like you always see now, if there's you know K-pop going on, there's always something trending on Twitter or it's mm-hmm. on Instagram or it's YouTube is trending online or there's a Facebook community. There's always something now going on, and now these platforms are using. You know, they're seeing K-pop and they're also helping lift that. You know, they're both growing with each other. And that's really incredible to see. It really is. And I feel like when you speak of uh, like even like the YouTube communities that get together, Reddit, I feel like is one of those things where like there's a lot of people on it and they, it's a great community, but it's ne- not nearly as much as Twitter. And obviously Tumblr is its own thing. Um, so I'm wondering, I guess, with all these different communities within the K-pop community that they're growing at a rapid pace. Um, do you feel like K-pop is eventually not going to be a subculture, if you will? Do you feel like at some point it's going to be almost like, a, you know, how people are with like, if you're really into rap, like you, you could lightly be into rap, but you could be in the rap game. And like, it's not super like niche. Do you ever think K-pop is going to really get to be one of those mainstream, like, I guess it's still a subculture, but do you think it's ever going to be like mainstream, if you will? I don't. I don't know when you put K-pop with mainstream because I feel like K-pop has been successful because of its subculture, because Uh of how unique it is. I think what the K-pop community is doing is it's revolutionizing what mainstream is. It's, you know, interpreting it in its own way. You know, Mm. they're not following the norm. They, for BTS, they weren't aiming at the American market, yet here they are, you know, killing it in the charts. And then you have other groups like NCT, who are now touring in America. You have Blackpink at Coachella. Like, if you saw this five years ago, you'd be like, no way, that will never happen. That's not a possibility. There was a time where K-pop, you know, with Psy, with Gangnam Style, it was almost laughed about. But he was also showing, you know, just a different side of K-pop. There's so many different sides. So it's hard to put it into mainstream when there's so many different variety in K-pop and there's different fans and different subcultures. So... I, I think right now, as I said, it's revolutionizing what mainstream is. I can't see it like completely mainstream, but I can see it in its own unique way showcasing it. Mm, okay. I like that. I like that. Um, <laughs> I feel like it's also like there's so much to it that only you like some people just don't have the time to like dedicate to learn, you know, the different things. I feel like there's so much under it to really become a K-pop stan or netizen, if you will um that like th- there's just no time <laughs> they create so much content it's just like I, it's overwhelming sometimes um yeah. but thank you um are you so you're done with you're doing your exams this week 
Um, are you graduating? Like yes, this year. Oh. This year, God, I'm graduating after four years. My course is four years. So you're it's your bachelor or your yes. undergrad, right? Yeah, bachelor's. Oh, nice, nice. Congratulations, congratulations. I wish you all the luck um, in your exams and also in your graduation. Also, just know that as much as college went by fast, like the two years or few years out of college go by like super quick. So like try to have fun um, and see as many K-pop concerts as you can. Um, but if you guys want to follow Atlanta um, on social media um, where she might be talking about K-pop things herself and her interests, you can follow her on Instagram at Atlanta DB. So A T L A N T A D B. And then on Twitter, it's Atlanta two eight seven. So thank you so much, Atlanta for coming on. Um, and we will see you guys for the next episode. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.